This is the Elite Development Podcast, a show with the aim of helping athletes evolve in every element of their careers through real-world advice and experience. I'm your host, Kenny Dussault. I'm a strength and conditioning coach in Calgary, Alberta, with a singular focus on building better athletes. And now, let's get to the episode. Thank you all again for tuning in. Today, I've got the dragon with me, Steve Claggett. Steve, thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here. So just to start us off, can you give us a little bit of background, uh, your, your career as an athlete, what sort of brought you to where you're at today, and then uh, into a little bit of that world title chase that we, we keep hearing about? Well, I'm, um, I've been boxing since I was 12 years old. I started, I had uh, just under 50 amateur fights. I built up um, at the age of 19. I went professional. Um, and kind of learned on the fly. So I, I now at this point have 36 professional fights. I hold the Canadian CPVC welterweight title. I also have the IBF intercontinental title. I'm the former holder of quite a few um, other ones, but I don't want to go through the whole list. I'll get lost. So I'm just uh, happy to be here and, you know, I'm, uh, let's talk some Let's talk some ideas. Absolutely, man. Then that world title coming up next, eh? Oh yeah. This is this is the the main piece actually because as I go through life more and more, my vision becomes more clear of what I'm going for. And, and years and years, I was like thinking, oh, I want to do this, I want to do that. But now, as it's almost like you get you sharpen the same weapon again and again. And now, that weapon is the vision. So I'm finally seeing spots, and uh, I think the world title is actually within grasp, I think, this year or next year. Absolutely, man. Well, you've been at it for, you've been at it for years and years and years now. So there's, the, more you cut, the more you stay at it, the more you fine-tune those things, the closer and closer it gets, right? Yes, sir. So obviously, as a professional boxer, you've been pro now for 11, 12 years? 12, yeah, I think 12 years. Going on 12? <laughs> That's crazy to think about. I don't know. No, it's 11, it's 11 years now, which is pretty funny because I never I, – I recognized when it was a decade, and then I forgot about it after that. But, yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, what have you found has been the biggest transition from being an amateur into the pro game? Um, the amateur to the pros. The, the – one of the big ones is that you have so much more time to, to think about the fight, really, from weigh-in time to the actual fight. You, got, you have overnight, right? So now you, you sleep with those thoughts in your head. And you, you, um, you got more time to go either way. Now, in, as in regards to the fight, you wear smaller gloves, you wear no headgear, you always fight four rounds minimum, and then it goes up. So, I mean, there's many, many differences. But nowadays, they have amateur fights where the guys are wearing no headgear, but they will wear 10-ounce gloves. So, pretty much, if you see a guy wearing no shirt, no headgear, that's a pro fight. Sounds, sounds good. Um, and as a 19-year-old, I would assume that's probably pretty young to be starting as a pro. Can you go into a little bit uh, behind what sort of – what made that decision that early? Why you decided to take it then and not maybe wait a few years before? Um, you know? Well, I mean, this is actually kind of a, a story because at the time 
in my life, I was kind of up to no good and I was in some trouble and I was going through some things and I was uh, running away from, you know, I wasn't living with my parents. I was living with friends and I was, uh, I was kind of in a mess. And then I got in trouble a couple of times and then I was really looking, it was looking bad. So I decided to make a move and I moved into the boxing gym and uh, I had had a good, great relationship with my original trainer, Eric de Guzman and Tio Fista Boxing. And they, they, you know, he let me in there. And I, we, during that time, I just trained. I focused on one thing, one thing only, and that was boxing. And that's where it kind of took control of my life or kind of, I, I found a path that I wanted to pursue. And then from that point on, I ended up, turning professional we saw it as the, the right outlet because I wasn't getting on the national team I wasn't a point scoring fighter I wasn't a uh, sharpshooter I was kind of a grinder I was more suited to the foreround the the heavier punching the smaller gloves this was kind of more my my you know more tra my trade this was a little bit more me so I made the transition and I went pro early now in hindsight it was a fantastic idea because I developed a lot of skills and learned a lot of stuff on the fly. Um, now, mind you, I had some ups and downs during that process as well. As we all do, right? But uh, so just to clarify, you were actually living in the gym. You were living in the boxing gym. Yeah, we had, there was a back room and there was like a futon couch. And I, you know, I wasn't going back home on my own accord. Uh, and then Eric, let me stay there, and that, that was it. I was, but that actually became a good thing because I would wake up thinking boxing. I would get up, and I'd go skipping. I'd get up, and I'd shadow box. I, I'd go to – before I was going to sleep, I was boxing. So I, it was embedded in my brain. I was so obsessed. And it's like, if you want to be good at something, surround yourself with it. Like, just indulge all the way in. Go all the way in. Commit to it. And, and I think that's what it was. Because of that – unintentional at the time commitment to the sport it kind of hooked me and then I became a lifer yeah would you so for any kids out there that maybe are kind of getting into trouble or feeling a little bit lost like you were those years ago like would you recommend boxing as a as an outlet something for them to try like what was it that what was it about boxing that kind of helped you go from feeling lost kind of getting in trouble to really turning yourself around and getting to where you are today I would definitely recommend it because it's a—it's so many things. The thing about it's any combat sport, it's any individual sport, really. But the thing is that it's a—it sends you inwards. It, it, you have to learn about your own balance or your own imperfections, the way that your left hand's not as strong as your right hand. You move better this way, so you have to build these little things. But it sends you into your own—you know, your own self—and you have to. Um, piece together all these little uh, tools and these little things to get you through the build-up to the fight. And there's so many things about it. It's just, I think it's really, really uh, a great developmental tool. And now you can do it to, with the intention to box and have fights. Or you can do it for fitness to get you in great shape because there is aspects that are, you know, it's hard to get from other sports where combat sports will do that for you. But, Man, does it ever give you a vent? Gives you an outlet, an aggression. You love some guys love the shine. They love to have the crowd cheering for them. 
some guys love to beat a man up. <laughs> you know, that's that's part of the game. We're beating guys up. Some guys love the knockout. I love to knock somebody out. Some guys have this weird embedded warrior spirit like myself where I, I seek the hard fight. I want the battle. I want to see what I'm made of. I, I, I hate it, but I love it at the same time. And then through this, like I'm talking about it right now, it becomes an internal journey. I didn't know that about myself till I boxed. Because I know that, I can assess other things in life with this great piece of information about myself that I never knew before. And now I have a totally new perspective because I understand myself a little more. And it all came from boxing. It all came from the grind. It all came from building up to fights, being terrified of my opponent, but still going there and fighting and succeeding, sometimes failing, sometimes having to pick myself back up for months and you know, just being down, down, down because I've lost a fight, but I, I use my own integrity to train and rebuild. And then I won. And I, I saw through that, you know, when you're down in the dumps, it's not the end. Sometimes you, you got to grind through and you got to get through. And then at the end, it's so much better at that point. So there's another metaphor for life. And I think all these little things that I learned through boxing, um, I would definitely recommend that <laughs> this sport this sport for many many kids i mean if it calls your name try it out yeah i mean on just on a surface level i can only imagine as far as getting out any extra aggression that's uh that's one great way to do it is put on a pair of gloves and start hitting things <laughs> right but even just going beyond that like i love the way you got into that because it just really seems like it's developing a lot of self-awareness in you like kind of seeing what you're made of and realizing that again that metaphor for life of whatever you're going through in life it might knock you down it might be hard it might it might be it might be difficult to get through but there's always a way through it and there's always more push in you than you might think there is yes test your metal and then flex your metal as well because if you exercise that muscle guess what it grows so guess what when i go through this really hard training where i gotta dig into self in order to uh, you know push more push more push more because i have to recreate that before going into the fight where i have to do exactly that that muscle is used in many many other aspects in life too so i mean it, it's always good to be consciously focused on your your willpower and your determination your strength and that it's going to help your life yeah absolutely so from somebody who went pro at a pretty early age what what advice could you give to maybe any boxers out there right now that are debating whether or not it's their time to turn pro or maybe those who have just started out boxing who have the dream of turning pro and doing what you're doing now? Uh, this is a good question. I, I have a couple of friends who are in this exact situation. <laughs> Hopefully they're listening. <laughs> yes, right? So I think there's a calling, but there's also a push. So if you're into the sport and you know that this is what you want to do and you're already going and you've already got the wheels turning and the time is this and the age and the, the you know, the potentials in life and how to make it, pull the trigger. <laughs> this is what I think because that's what I did in hindsight. I looked back and I was like, I just committed to it. When I committed to it, that's when I started to gain momentum. Once I started working towards, only once I decided on the goal, did I start to build momentum towards the goal. 
So you might as well decide on that goal right away. As soon as you hear it, make that decision now. No turning back. One, one way, you know, burn the boats, all of the above. But once you make that decision, now you got momentum in your favor. And you're stacking hours. You're stacking days. You're stacking ideas, thoughts, plans, intention, all of the above towards this goal. And you've started it earlier. I hope my opponent doesn't know about the fight. You know what I mean? This is kind of the idea. And, and I think once you've made the decision, or once you're teetering on the edge of the decision, you weigh the options, you really want to do it, do it. Because the payout is just like I was talking about earlier with the amateur fighters. It's like you learn about yourself. You're going through the same process again. You find you'll never stop learning about yourself in boxing. It's the ultimate life lesson teacher because it's harsh. It's to the point, and there's a whole lot of details of politics involved. So I guess if you're if you're there, if you're thinking heavily about it, you've been thinking about it for however long. Make the make the decision, and then you'll have momentum on your side. And that's what we want to create. Yeah, it makes sense because there's always there's always reasons not to, right? There's always something that you could improve a little bit more, something you could change, or something you need to tweak. But by yep. getting into it and just starting, you're really gonna you're gonna learn on the fly. You might make mistakes, but you're gonna that's the best way to learn is by getting in there, doing it, and committing to it, right? Yeah, and it's like you'll learn fastest when you're submerged in it, like because then you go on these higher level sparring trips. You spar with more intensity. You, you work with more intensity. You learn sharper instinct because the penalties are sharper or heavier, and you need to. Now, this may sound intimidating, but you don't notice it while it's happening. You, you just, just kind of do it, and as you're training intently, trying to be as fast as you can, that little extra push that you made this big commitment and you're going for a new goal, that will guide you. That will, that will take you through. And I, and I, I'm totally, I'm all about the, you know, decision making all the way in because I, I've seen will and determination win fights many, many times. And I think that one of the big things, uh, one of the big roots of will and determination is your decision. I'm doing this. That's the ultimate, you know, that's the ultimate will because once you've made that decision, water, water that root, <laughs> build that plant because that's uh that could be something beautiful keep it growing as we say keep it growing (laughs) (laughs) so yeah i couldn't agree more i think learning by doing is obviously a great way to do it um and yeah like the second you're into it i think too what i really like there is make the decision so you see a lot of athletes that they'll kind of come into they'll kind of make their decision as almost like, well, I guess I'll, you know, work towards that. And they don't really have that firm, like I am going to be a world champion one day, or I'm going to play professionally in other sports, things like that. And so what would you sort of say to those guys who are maybe on the brink, maybe kind of thinking, Oh, this might be a career path for me, but they haven't really full on gone into that commitment. Any advice on how to really kind of bridge the gap and make that decision a hundred percent? Well, I have a, a fighter's mentality, right? So I'll, I'll give you a harsh one. Hesitation leads to devastation. The more you overthink, the more time you give your opposition time to work. And the 
quicker you make the decision, the more time you have on your side. So make a decision and go for it. We're, we're fighters, and in this aspect is what we're talking about. So these kinds of guys, that little sometimes you need a little push from external, but you know you got the fire internally. Make the decision, start walking, and then watch your your own intention will come out. Your own, you know, your own fire will start to fuel you. I like that one, man. Hesitation leads to devastation. That's a fact. In many aspects of sport. <laughs> Absolutely, man. I couldn't agree more. Like even, you know, obviously in combat sports, it could be literal devastation of getting knocked out or anything like that. But okay. even in sports that maybe don't have quite as harsh consequences, the more you're hesitating, the more chance you're giving someone else to take your spot and move, move in ahead of you, right? Right, which is why they um, – Say to be in the moment and in your in your flow state. That's where you perform the best. You're the most react, quickest reactive, and, and like you just kind of you flow because you know that's you're residing in that. So you have to practice that. You got to use that muscle, and I think that that's uh, only done consciously. Yeah, and then once you've made that commitment, obviously there's a lot more than just the fight when, you know, the cameras are on, the lights are bright and all of that. Can you walk me through a little bit what your average week looks like? Uh, obviously, right now in the midst of this pandemic, things are a little bit different. But uh, pre, pre-pandemic, what would your average week of training look like? Well, I'm a bit of a workhorse. So even right now, I'm actually training more than before. And actually, because I have so much time to myself – all I'm doing right now is training, which is amazing. But I'll tell you a typical training day in the life of Steve. Minus one day a week because you got to rest a little bit. But I get up early. Today I was up at 6. Usually I'm up at 8, so I don't know what happened there. But I get up and I do a black coffee fasted run. And I do 35 minutes. So I warm up for 5 minutes. And then I run. I run intervals, so I, I run fast as I can, all by feel. I work on my form. I run sideways. I do. I mix it up pretty much, but I get a good sweat going. Come back, cold shower, eat, and I'm very, very. I'm, I'm working with a great nutritionist now, um, Declan Walsh, and we're we're, you know, he's changing my game, and I never had this leg to the table, so now we're reinforcing things, but. I eat according to the plan. I do um, a little bit of reading and just study and kind of, you know, while I'm digesting my food and kind of relaxing or whatever. And then I'll do an activation session in the afternoon, which is like just to stimulate the muscle. So a lot of times I'll get yoga or foam rolling with it. And I do some push-ups or some body weight stuff. And then usually I will lift weights later in the afternoon around 4 p.m. I'll probably have a snack before that as well. And then eat dinner after the weight session. It's all done like uh, sports specific. I'm doing intensity. I'm doing proper, you know, functional strength, proper lift the way that I'm supposed to lift. I'm doing all of the above. And now nighttime is boxing time because nighttime is fight time. And I totally believe in, um, recreating the fight as close as possible. So 
I'll even do like my weight cut day. I'll do like a fast. If I remember fasting, the day is usually Thursday because that's that would typically be um, weigh-ins day. And then you can recreate after you don't eat anything all day. Do you do a dry fast? Don't have any water, nothing. Recreate, and then at nighttime, eat similar to how you would eat the night before the fight. Put your body through it again and again, and it will become very accustomed to it. You'll you'll feel you'll find like oh that was really good, that was not good, and you'll be able to put together a really solid system. Now, in this game, things always go crazy. So, <laughs> but anyways, I fast that day, and then I have very much mimicked week schedule. And Friday nights we go very hard because it's fight time. But every night we do boxing because boxing usually goes down at the night. So I'm kind of recreating that aspect because the reality in the game. And as far as my boxing training goes, I mix it up every day. I do a different kind of workout by feel, by intention to push, by who I'm working with. Um, I will always push. I will always push as hard as I can. I, I can't help it. It's just the way that I am. But I'm using technique. I'm working on the right moves. I usually in my study time, I'll write down a million ideas of like, oh, that was a good move. I watch how Bernard Hopkins threw this right hand in close like this, da 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 da. And I make these ideas. And then when I go and I train, I'll bring my piece of paper with me. I'll have all my notes there. I'm hitting the heavy bag, but I'm just not just hitting the heavy bag. I'm hitting the heavy bag and I go over and I'm like, okay, yeah, the, the jab, okay. It can look like the left hook. So I throw out the same coming out the gate, and then I wind it around the guard. I catch them off guard. So things like that. I train with intention. I train at nighttime, and boxing is nighttime. And then that goes, I never know. You know me. I don't know how long I train for. I'll just train for maybe two, three hours, something like that. Yeah, man. I think all of this just speaks volumes about your commitment to your craft, right? The fact that you're replicating weight cuts, you're setting up your training day as, you know, boxing at nighttime because that's when the fight happens. Like you're replicating that and then you're studying every day too. And like, do you think that this kind of commitment, this kind of work ethic, like you said, you're a workhorse. Do you think that kind of attitude towards training is necessary to be successful at the top level, or do you think there are different ways to do it? I've witnessed it being crucial to being at the top level. And then I'm starting to, I intentionally tried to be this way. And it's funny because even we start talking and I start going, cause I can't even help it. I'm just thinking about, well, I, I am, a, I'm totally obsessed with it. I love, I love that passion though, man. That's like, yeah, you know what? It, it, then I, I don't work any day of my life. I don't have, you know, it's not a chore for me to go to the gym. It's not a chore for me to go. Even right now, I go outside and shadow box for hours. <laughs> like, I'm just doing my thing. And I, I just, this full dedication into a passion. I've witnessed, I've watched all these things. I, like, I feel like it's working. I want it so bad. And I'm just, I'm seeing it all the way to the end. And as far as I'm concerned, it is the answer because, it's been working for me, but I'm not there yet. I'm not even close. Like I, I want so much more, and I'm starting to get a clearer and clearer vision. And I think that that look inwards is what creates the outwards. And I think that that's something that a lot of fighters or athletes 
need to always just always remember that your your passion, like what you really care about, that is your your focal point in life, right? Like that's where you're gonna put your drive and you put your put your will and you put everything into. And, and I think if it's all based on one sport, I mean, how can you not improve? You see, you see how much these guys like uh, the the late great Kobe Bryant, or or you know all all these MJ was the same kind of way. All these workhorses, the guys who just put in so many hours because then it becomes it goes past the point of muscle memory. It becomes instinct. And now I'm doing this this jab since I was 11 or 12 years old. Now I know how to throw it like this. I put a little, I try like, I'm, you know, I'm so a million. And now I think because I always had passion to throw it, try it, try it. Do, because of that passion, I was able to do it for so long, which created this great learning curve. It was ups and downs, but throughout it all, it went all the way up. And now I feel bad. I'm at my absolute prime right now. I'm mentally on point. I'm sharper physically than ever before. And I think it was all created by passion. So absolutely, I think that we need to fight it because that's how we, um, that's how you build it, man. That's how you build the flame. Exactly. Because you said uh, you intentionally tried to become this way. So do you feel like this kind of, this kind of work ethic can be taught to younger athletes that maybe want to be performing at the top, but maybe don't have that naturally coming to them as a younger kid like you might have had? Yeah, if if they have the if they want it, if they have the drive to do it, then it's up to like a coach to make them want to work hard. You can want the goal, but you want the work, and that that's up to like their coaches. How do they inspire them to show up to the gym every day? How do you inspire them to do the extra stretching at night, like the the lame stuff? But it's like if if you know if you could find a reason for it. Any, anything is, is possible. And I mean, the beauty of that is that I can create a reason right now. I feel like working on this second <laughs> because I really want it. I can't wait to train tonight because yeah. I want to get better. I want to, I want to be the best. I want to be the best. And it's like the only way to get it is through constant repetition and focus and growth and like, yeah, so you feel like the coach's roles there is more sort of showing the process. So, like, if you want that goal that maybe as a 14-, 15-year-old kid seems really far away, bringing those people in to kind of help guide you and help show you, you know, we've got a goal that's maybe that's years and years away. What do we need to be doing now? What do we need to be doing to lead up to that point where you're at right now of that feeling like you're in your physical prime and ready to actually take that title home? Right. So I guess that means if you're young, coming up right now, get a good circle around you. Get good teammates. Like, I wish that I had some of the teammates before that I have now because my game could have went all the way up earlier. But, you know, fate is fate. Things just happen for a reason. But if I could tell someone and suggest that it's like surround yourself with a great team and then watch or even like inspired individuals i have some guys on my team who they don't do any boxing stuff at all but because they have drive and passion and determination to do things i like being around that guy because he makes me come up with good ideas too so i think get around good people create a good team like that start early 
envelop yourself in your own passions and then do the work. This is yeah. a nice formula. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that uh, I think that circle around people is one thing that uh, one thing that's been on my mind a lot the last little while is finding the right circle because I think especially you know if you're going through high school and all that kids go through all kinds of different pressure getting pulled one way or the other and just to kind of try to find the path if you know where you want to go with your athletic career trying to find the people who are going to support that and push you that way and maybe not let yourself get pulled down pulled down other routes right and you know what Here, here's a great opportunity for me to pass on a lesson that my, my one-time master gave to me and let me pass it down to athletes of the younger generation and that is your teammates are gonna come and go your classmates are gonna come and go your girlfriends your boyfriends are gonna come and go some friends are gonna come and go your work people will come and go too but you're gonna be with yourself all the way so you have to work on your own stuff because this stuff's uncontrollable and there's something you can always rely on and that's the ability to be like i'm here I'm here right now. I, I choose to read. I choose to write something. This is how I'm going to get ready for my event. Because, you know, I've seen it happen so many times. Guys will be like, ah, I'm good. But when there's not people around, I feel a little different than before the fight. I'm not as hyped up. You have to be able to lean on yourself. I think that's a very, very important thing. So remember to work on self. and You know, it'll, it'll pay out in the long run. I promise you that. Yeah, well, I think that's, uh, that's a huge thing. It's a common theme in these interviews I've been doing is uh, learning how to control your situation. So, you know, there's always going to be stuff out of your control. There's always going to be, you know, things going wrong. And just as long as you're able to kind of draw it back into yourself and realize that you're realize what you're still in control of and just maximize that, you're setting yourself up for as good a situation as you can put yourself in. Yeah, and then, you know what, another tool is just the, like, Tell yourself you're going to be adaptable. Just I'm like when I go through fight week, I'm adaptable. I know I am. When somebody tells me do this, don't do that, go here, you got, your room's not right, whatever it is. Missed your flight, your friend got lost. Like, it doesn't matter. Whatever it is, I'm adaptable. It, and then if you remind yourself, I'm adaptable, I'm ready, I can take, if things go up, they go down, I can handle it. I got a game plan for this. This is what I'm focused on. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, can you give me any examples just from your own fight career? Any times that uh, maybe something's really gotten thrown sideways at you that you've had to you've had to overcome and still step in? I've had many, many times. Oh, my bad. Oh, all good. I've had many times, man. I've had so many crazy fight experiences. Um, any one that sticks out? Where I overcame victory i mean the or, or i overcame and still got to victory i mean before the fight there's so many i can think of one clearly that happened in the fight yeah and was, yeah and that was getting knocked down i got knocked down in the first round so one time i was uh fighting in ontario california i was fighting against a guy named ricky duenas he was 12-1 and one at the time. He had like nine KOs or something. He had been on like a KO street. And I was in Vegas in like a 
training camp of sorts, but I had no, I had a one-way ticket there. I, I had been there for a long time. I wanted to come home and it was like this whole thing. And I, I didn't, you know, I, I didn't have the means to get home on my own terms at that time. So I was like, yeah, I don't know, whatever. So I have this fight. I fight the guy in his hometown. Everybody comes out to support him. In the first round, I got knocked down. I stepped on his foot. We were opposing stances, so I stepped on his foot. I fall into the ropes, and then he clocks me and hit me hard. He hit me so hard. But when I went down, in a split second, I stand up. My legs are wobbly because that's what happens when your equilibrium is shaking. And I'm like, every, like everyone was cheering, and I, I thought – that it was like my I thought it was them cheering shaking the ring but it was my legs that were like and then I knew I was really in trouble but I had this will and determination inside myself because I had gone through so much I had invested so much into like this is the passion thing because every day of that little that training camp that I did that little six month or whatever uh, training camp where I was kind of stuck in whatever I, I every day thinking about it, obsessing over it. I wanted it so bad. And in that moment, it all hit me because I, I didn't want to lose. I wanted to win. I wanted it so bad. I, want, I was willing to get up. And when I stand up, this guy comes running at me. And I, I just had this will inside of me where I had to keep going. And because of that will, because of that determination, I, I fended him off. I just moved and I blocked and I, I made it to the end of the the belt so the end of the round and then what happened was in between round one and round two i'm sitting there i was talking to my coach tony at the time and i was like he was telling me he was telling me you know you like move you got to move away from the left and you got to do this because your southpaw and then like all these things are happening it's all in my head but what i really was thinking about inside was how bad I wanted it, how bad I wanted to win. And there was one punch that I had been working on. I had been working on this overhand right, which it's pretty much a mirror image of Manny Pacquiao knocking out Ricky Hat. You slide back, you distract, but at the same time, you slice over the top with the, or with the rear hand. And if you're opposing stance, you got to cross through the middle, so this guy's coming right into it. And... What happened was I had been training and training and training every day because I knew that I was fighting a southpaw and I built this feel on the bags. And I remember even a couple of weeks, one of my last sparring sessions, I sparred with this guy at the Mayweather gym, one of my friends. He's a good fighter. And I hit him with that overhand right. He did southpaw and I got him and I was like, I knew it was there. So I was so certain of this and I had it. I built that tool, and then in the moment when I needed it most, because of that, I go out in the second round, we're fighting, and he's coming at me because he believes that he's going to knock me out. And I went back, and I reached into my willpower, <laughs> and I was like, and I threw it, and I caught him. I hit him with the overhand right, and, I, and boom, I knocked him senseless, and he went down, and he was, he was hurt. He got up. His legs were not under him. And then I, I tried to finish him, and I'm just throwing, and then the, the bell went. It's saved by the bell. And then in the third round, this guy still got his wits about him, 
but he's not as dangerous. So he's not coming at me the same. But I'm thinking, like, I'm still, in, I'm still intimidated because he knocked me down. But I'm thinking, be smart. I'm going through all these things. But it was the determination that got me to dig back in. Like, I can't say it enough. It, it's the fact that I was in the camp the whole time with, like, dry. I wanted it so bad. And the third round, I just remembered, be disciplined. Go to the body. Go to the body. Go to the body. And then I, I set up what would later be. So he makes it to the end of the third round. And then in the fourth round, the next round is when I let it go. And I was doing the same thing. Go to the body, move left, and being very technical. I'm pressing him because he's still not recovered fully. I had left enough pressure on him to make sure that he didn't get all of his, you know, his wits about him back. But then in the fourth round, I throw it again. Boom. Same exact punch. And I had built that one like I want, like that. I had built that one so, like, until it was instinct. That so was like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, man, I love that because that's one thing. Like, uh, like when I see you in the gym, when you're training, when you when you're boxing, even just hitting the bags. That's something I've always noticed about you. Is when I watch a lot of people hit bags, they're hitting bags. When I watch you hit bags, you look like you're in a fight. It doesn't look like training. It looks legitimately like the bag is firing back at you, trying to knock you out. And that's the way you're moving. That's yeah. the way you're slipping. That's the way you're – it looks like you're taking a fight to the bag. You're not just training one shot. Can you talk a little bit about, like, what goes into your – what goes into your, like, technical training and stuff like that in that way too? Well, I, I learned about – I learned about that aspect of going through all the fights and stuff. And then I was like, what's the best way to train? I'm like, it's funny because I go over the – again and again and again and then I just get a clearer vision of how to practice it's like I know what the fight is but every time you have a fight have an experience you know even more kind of how it feels and and then to recreate that is the ultimate because that's those are the muscles that you're using so you recreate it in your mind you think about it you recreate it I even recreate it before I go to the gym I'll listen to certain songs. I'll hype myself up. I'll think about fights. I'll, I'll get myself nervous. Like I can make myself have butterflies by thinking about an old fight, how I felt. And then what I do is I create that. And as I'm going through the gym, I create pre-fight method, pre-fight pre kind of mood, I guess, of the vibe. And then as I'm training, I train with intensity. I train with intention. I train as if I'm making a miss because I want that. I do my warm-up like I do before the fight. I do that before the uh, during the fight. I do my movement exactly how I want to have it in the fight. And then I got sharper and sharper in doing it like I was fighting. Even though I've done it a million times before, but now I'm thinking of where am I punching? What am I hitting it? Where, or where am I hitting it? On the chin? On the top of the head? Like, does the ref jump in? Like, do they turn? Like, whatever it is. And then even at the end of my training i finish on a on a high note i finish on you know i feel good i, I feel you know i just kind of say i did it i you know i want that i want to create this as a as the cycle that i see when i go to the gym and when i go to the fights and when i go do my thing because this is what i love to do so i'm yeah. going to make it best the best piece that i can possibly make it yeah, I think what really sticks out to me there is just the intentionality, right? Because you see so many people that'll kind of
kind of train and like, you know, as far as a boxing example, they're maybe just working on one punch. So they're not really focused on keeping their hands up, proper footwork, whatever it might be. But just the intentionality of everything you're doing while you're in the gym, it seems like you're doing it in a way that's going to come straight back into the fight. It's not just one element of what's going to come into the fight. You're recreating it. It's going to be exactly what you're going to feel on fight day. If you have thousands and thousands of hours of that, well, then the fight, by the time you get there, it's second nature. There's that's, nothing. That's fight muscle. Yeah, there's nothing to be worried about. There's nothing to be, you know, upset about or nervous about because you've been doing this for thousands of hours leading into it. And that's how, that's where repetition is a key, but intention is also key. You got to mean it. You got to think about it. You got to create this passion inside yourself, thinking about the intensity of the game while you're training. Yeah. Because you can do it's like I'm, I'm fighting every single i'm fighting like three times a day <laughs> you know how used to it how my mind's gonna get like i'm fighting three times a day at least i'm going hard and it's like you become it's like you're really terrified to skydive but i bet you on the thousand one you're a little less scared so let's do the same idea in our heads because visualization has been proven to create a similar effect as real life memories. You know, I, I thought this, I saw this, da, 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 da. you create this vision in your mind because, you know, we want to exist with this vision in our reality. Yeah. Yeah, man, I couldn't agree more. I think it's like it's a it's an interesting approach because I think it's something that maybe a lot of a lot of athletes, I think that's going to help a lot of people just the attitude of recreate what you want when you're in competition, recreate it as often as you possibly can. It's not just about repetition, but I like what you said there. It's about the intention of the repetition. Exactly. So you got to be like, and then to that, to that point, you also have to expect like things don't always go right. It's like if, if the guy landed like a big punch, I'll grab him like this. Like if, if you have to also think of the what ifs, like, what if I, like, can't make weight right away? Like, what would you do? It's like, what if this guy, like, is way faster than I thought? How do I adjust? It's like, you got to have these um, little backup, not backup. It's like, it's like a second gun. Yeah, well, have- I think that's, like, I think that comes back to the adaptability you were talking about before, right? Of, like, if fight week comes through and something goes wrong, shrug it off and you move forward. Yeah. Like, if that guy's faster, well, you're not – you're not only going into the, you're going into the fight prepared for he might be faster than I thought he was, or he might be able to do this or do that. And yeah, you're you able just, to take it, take it in stride. Yeah. You just tell him timing beats speed. And you don't have to worry. As long as you got an answer for it, you're good. And then a lot of times in your head, that's a big thing. Oh, he's the fastest guy ever. Timing beats speed. I can beat it because I can work on this aspect. That'll be that strong aspect of his. Yeah. And that's the mental muscle or a mental tool. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, obviously you're recreating a lot of, a lot of really important stuff every day in training. And so like, you've got a, about as intense a training schedule as I've heard from a lot of athletes out there, but you mentioned you've got one day every week. That's your recovery day. And we've talked a little bit about, uh, about recovery days in the past. And so I was wondering if you could elaborate a little bit, what does your recovery day look like? I was watching a very interesting talk the other day where they said, I don't take days off. Champions don't take days off. Champions take um, parasympathetic days. So parasympathetic nervous system means calm. 
system essentially, but I still want the movement. So I'll take a parasympathetic day, and that means I'll walk, I'll do yoga, I'll go outside to the park and I'll breathe. I'll spend time with my loved ones, my family, or my close friends, um, or I will read a book that I really like, or I will write something that's a great idea for the future. You know, I just, I think you need an active mind. You also need a bit of an active body because you don't want to get stagnant. You don't want to do nothing. I think a little bit of water, light, and movement can be done. So I'll often take a cold shower on my uh, off day. And I mean, I just keep it moving because I don't like the feel of when I've taken a day of absolutely nothing. And the next day, I'm like, I got to shake it out, man. I don't feel good right away. So I found the cure to that is don't take the full rest. Do a little, little do walk around. Like it is a full rest. It's just full rest with mobility. Let's put it that yeah. way. Because I think it's like, it's an easy thing that people kind of get stuck in where it's like, okay, today's my recovery day. I'm going to park on the couch, turn the TV on and not move for 17 hours. Like, right. But I like what you're saying there because it's getting yourself away. You're maybe not as high stress. You're not, you know, firing yourself up, recreating fight day or anything like that. But you're still doing something productive towards your career as an athlete. And something we talk a lot about, we've talked a lot about in the past as well, is the idea that you talk a lot about compound interest. Can you talk to me a little bit about that? Uh, yeah. So this is to the, I guess, I mean, it's to anybody, but in regards to the younger guys, if you start early, you're, the idea of compound interest in the bank, the same effect, the same rules apply, compound interest in your athletic development so when i started at the age of 11 or 12 i started training i started working on these these you know different moves for boxing i started working on these different runs and just different training everything what happened was because i'm putting my body through this my body adapts and now there's a whole bunch of scientific reasoning behind it all but the way that i like to think about it is i started early and i stayed consistent and what happened was it started improving a little bit, but just like compound interest in the bank, once I had more in there, more hours logged, more years logged, now it's expanding at a, you know, twice the rate, the three times the rate, then four times the rate. So it's growing exponentially forever because I started early and because I stayed consistent. So if you have... The luck of starting your sport early, remember that consistency pays off because once you get up there, you'll find myself, uh, I know I went through this, I found that I would pick stuff up so quick. Now, somebody could show me a boxing move, I got it. I just have to watch something. I've been doing it. I've done so many thousands of hours. It's just like I can see it and I can recreate it. And because of my experience in it, it doesn't even take me that long. And I think that's the idea of uh, compound interest in regards to sport. Yeah, and I think just as you get older too, and they, you know, you get into more crucial situations. So, like in other sports, you know, if you're getting into like a draft year, or you know, you're trying out for your first professional team, if you've been training for three years, and there's a guy on the guy and another guy in the tryouts going for the same spot who's been training for ten years, well, that extra experience, that extra time, those extra hours 
is just going to yeah. come out and play and come out and come out in favor of the one who has it, right? Yeah, they add up. And I mean, there's always the there's always the like wild cards that happen, but for the most part, I'll take the consistent and steady and proven route ten times out of ten because I know that it's going to work. Yeah, people always like to go to that exception of the rule, right? Well, no, you have to train hard and eat well. Oh, but what about this one guy ever that didn't do it? <laughs> yeah. Right. Instead of looking at the 99 out of 100 that do take that route that are making it to the top, they're looking at that one guy who maybe was able to make it without taking it quite as seriously. That's why it's – but in that case, often it's situational and it's individual. So, sorry, when you say it's situational and individual, can you, can you expand a little on that? Well, I mean, here, an example would be Mike Tyson, Buster Douglas. Situational was the fact that Mike Tyson's going through, you know, having the time of his life, feeling like the champ, forgetting to train, partying in Japan, while Buster Douglas just lost his mother, had passion like nobody would ever have, and refused to lose situational they put those two things those two situations together that you know that means that uh this guy's gonna dig it down and he's gonna make it happen because he wants it that willpower and that's where it comes for him you know uh he wanted it so bad right and because of that he found reason to do it yeah, you're always going to find that reason. If you've been putting the work into it, then uh, like you were talking about the example of your fight, uh, your fight in, in California, and you've put the work into it and you've got that will and you've got that training camp behind you, well, when things get tough, you're going to find the way to dig deeper. You're not just going to let you're not just going to let it go. Yeah, like the human mind's a crazy thing. That's why that whole decision-making process is very, very important. And then like you can – it's like that that willpower muscle, that's a muscle. You can work on that. You can build that. That all adds up. Compound interest. You work on that early, that's going to pay off. In the long run. It's like consistent training that's going to pay off in the long run. The ability to adapt on the fly while going through event week, event month, event day, any of the above. Okay, well, what I was thinking about are a couple – Tools, I guess, muscles, I'd like to call them, because you got to work them, um, that are needed to be successful in any sport. Um, and I guess the first one would be intention, like you want to. I want to succeed in this. I want to see myself as, as this. And intention... Like the other way I'd look at intention too is intention with the day to day, right? So like what, having the goal of intending, for example, in your case, to be the world champion, but also the intention, the way you bring that intention into each practice, recreating every situation. So like not just that outcome, but every single day that leads to that outcome too. Yeah. So pair two of them together, consistency and intention, but you also got to have consistent intention, which means each day you can improve leaps and bounds if you put the effort in but if you just go and like get your training in then leave and then like slack and whatever you, you you not only missed one training session like you, maybe you got it in but like not only did you 
miss out on how much you could have maximized that, but the opponents could have potentially done that and pulled ahead. I always think about it that way because I'm, I'm in the business of us, me versus the other guy. So I always think of that one. It, I'm against my hardest competitor. I always, always, always have that kind of intention in my mind when I train, and then I always battle myself. So it's like I want to beat what whatever I can do. I got to beat that. I don't know if that really makes sense, but yeah, you know what I. But also looking at never giving the other guy a chance to do more than you. If you've done everything you could do and then you've been consistent every day with that intention, you're not allowing your opponent to do more. Whereas if you're kind of slacking off once you leave the gym and he's not, then maybe he's doing more and maybe that translates into the fight. Yes, because I never, I never want somebody to outwork me. Or like, it's not even like – there's this whole mentality of like work, 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 but you need to rest too. There needs to be the balance. You can't just work infinitely. You'll burn out. But I think that's part of it too, right? Like when you Uh, talk about the work, when we talk about the work, those recovery days are part of the work. Understanding when you've got to shut it down for a little bit, when you need to take your recovery, that's all part of the work leading into that day of competition. Right. And I mean, I, I always heard at like these, so the age that I'm at now, I heard, oh, you slow down. You're going to, this is going to go wrong. This is going to, things, you're going to get injured and this and that. But my theory was that if I start those, those little practices and everything early and stay consistent with them and keep my vision and stay disciplined in this path that I'm on, now at the stage that I'm at, I have all this um, exactly what like we call it compound interest. So all of this is added up because I wanted it for so long. I still want it as bad as I've ever wanted it. And because of that, the flame gets bigger. It doesn't get smaller. It's like I wanted it badly when I was 15, but I want it even more when I'm 30 because I, I have – you know, this this goal, this plan, this idea, this vision has been marinating in my mind. And I want it more than ever. And I, I that's the compound interest of consistently wanting, going after the same thing and then just discipline to do the same thing and be consistent in your work ethic. Yeah, well, I think you always see that where, for sure, guys in their 30s sometimes will slow down, but the guys who put the work in that you're putting in and are that consistent and are that intentional – you see that they're better than ever when they're 30 because they have that many more years of experience, but they also are still in the shape or even in better shape than they were in, in their early twenties because they've had seven more years or eight more years of working at being in that good of shape. Right. And you have, if you've done the work, you got compound interest on the muscle. And then also you can have the, the double whammy where you have the experience of starting in my case, as a pretty young guy, 19, I started, I turned pro. So I have all the experience. I, w- I wasn't fighting other kids. I was fighting grown men. And I mean, I learned quickly on the fly because I had to. And because of all that time, all those times where I had to, I gained a whole lot of wisdom and a whole lot of experience and a whole lot of tools in my tool belt. So now when I face similar opposition or similar troublesome situations i'm like okay this worked last time when i was feeling bad 
that I failed on that that last time. But then in in hindsight, I was like, I should have done this. Okay, when that came around again, I had a weapon for it because I already went through. And that's why I think it's important to be. You should review. You got to review your emotions. You got to review what went right, what went wrong. You got to review the other team's emotions. What went right, what went wrong, and that could be you know the other team i mean like could be their trainer it could be this it could be that um i learned an interesting one one time i won't tell you the whole story about it but somebody said something to a trainer of mine once in the past and then he got so mad about it that he and i got into an argument about it later and so he essentially had hit the trainer with this trash talk that trickled down to the fighter and then you know and then later i was like okay so i had this fight we have this press conference and i said something to his trainer i didn't say you know i just said something to get him thinking and then guess what i saw him and his fighter talking about it and i said that's the trickle down effect so this is something that I learned on the fly because I went through it very early and I, I, I picked up all these little tricks of the trade. Yeah, well, I think, and that comes back to that intentionality you were talking about again, right? Like we think of it on a sort of superficial level of, yeah, make sure you're training hard, but intentionality is so much more. It's everything from reviewing, like if you sit back after a fight and review it, you can see things yeah. you did well, things that you maybe need to work on for next time. And then like you said, the next time those issues come up or like something that you may have failed at at the past, it comes up again and you know how to handle it. You're not making that same mistake twice. That's why it pays to be like, that's why it pays to be obsessive. Cause, and then also to be open because you have to be able to look at your failures unflinchingly and be like, I shouldn't have done that. I should have done it like this. And then you got to watch it again because you shouldn't have done it like that. You, could have done it like this and then this harsh you know it's an all it's almost an honest criticism of self i wouldn't call it harsh because you don't have to beat yourself up i always tell my fighters don't beat yourself up the other guy's already trying to so same same rules apply when you're trying to build up your mentality don't beat yourself up it's not going to help now there is time to dig time to push time where you're like i don't know if i can do it yeah you can you overdo it but you don't say that was that was terrible. This was bad. This was this trash. This is the, because now you're demeaning self. So in your mind, you're less than you know. So what we want to do is instead build the other way. Yeah. Well, I mean, especially with a sport like fighting of any kind, it's such a such a tough sport. Like obviously, willpower and determination. Everything we've talked about today is a huge part of it. Um. But it is something that a lot of athletes have trouble with is dealing with adversity. Like when you hear, when you find that first failure, then do you have any thoughts like for, for people who go through that kind of situation, how they can kind of build themselves back up from it and realize that, you know, everybody makes mistakes, everybody fails and how to kind of push past that and learn, uh, from it, I guess, really. Yeah, I mean, one, firstly, I would say proactively tell yourself when the inevitable problems arise. I can handle this. I'm adaptable. I got this. I can, you know, I'm the kind of guy that I can bounce. Even if you're not, <laughs> even if you're not, you're like, you know what? I'm the type of guy I can find a solution because then guess what? You're going to. And because you have to. So 
don't lie to yourself, but remind yourself your commitment to this task. Um, and I, I think you just have to, one, be prepared so you can have a game plan. If, you, if this happens, this. If this happens, this. You can go into that, but it takes a lot. So you have a vague outline of preparation, and you have a big force of adaptability inside your mind, the willingness to be like, I can handle this. As things come on, at me on the fly. If, he, if this guy says this, if this guy pushes me, if this – you know, whatever happens, I can handle it. I'll, I trust in myself to know what to do when inevitably things go not according to my mental plan. Yeah, well, I think that's huge, right? Because that is something that for sure you see with athletes in any sport where, you know, the slightest bit of adversity comes and they kind of freeze up and they don't really know where to go or they don't really know what to do. And so just to be able to have that sort of in your mind beforehand, I think is a I think it's a great way to go about it. And also that that courage and confidence is built in the gym and in your work ethic. Because when you know you've done it, you know you're prepared, then you're like, you can lean on that. Like, you know what, I can handle this because all those extra rounds and all that extra work I was doing. So you're able to, you know, you reinforce it, I guess. So that's why you've got to look at that aspect when you're training. I, I liked it. I always, when I was younger, I used to think, I love adding little pieces to something to build something huge. So every day I'm building, building, building. And I love to think of it that way. Each day I'm putting a block in. Each day I'm putting more towards my foundation of my boxing skill as a human being. And I'm getting better. And I'm reinforcing. And each day I'm built more. And you know what? My opponent has not built as much as me. That's to the point that I'm getting to because of my consistency over so many years. And I just truly, truly believe it. And the only reason that I am able to do this is because one, I was consistent. Two, I had the fire. I was, I wanted it bad. And then three, I had the discipline. I did the training. I, I, I never skipped it. I, I've always loved it. So I never skipped on training. I never had a chore to go train because I always wanted to go train, and I mean, the to each their own of how to push this into your own psyche. But like for me, it was like I just loved to dig. Down. I loved the idea of growth. I love breaking down to grow stronger. I love the idea of competition. I love I'll put in more hours than the guy who's trying to beat me. I love the mental aspect of it. I'll study more boxing technique and warfare and fight strategy than any other guy that I'm going to step in the ring with. And then faith, hope, vision, passion, whatever you want to call it, belief in self. I'm going to do this because of all those other things. <laughs> I have committed these things to doing it. So that means that this is my existence and that's your belief in self. And I think you put those together and you can do something. Yeah, man, I absolutely agree. And especially you said you started boxing when you were 12 or 13. So that's been, what, 17, 18 years now? Yes, sir. Something yeah. along those lines? Yeah, and I that's think be... Started when I was 12, now 30, 18 years. That's what it is. And so that's going to be a pretty, pretty phenomenal thing when you look back. Like if you're going into a fight with 19 years of experience, 18 years of experience, whatever it is, it's going to be pretty tough to beat just on a surface, let alone everything else that you're clearly putting into it. Yeah, so that's where I'm happy with the, 
you know, my bank, my boxing bank account. I remember there was a there was a good team out of Edmonton. They'd always say, money in the bank, money in the bank. And they were talking about investing body shots because you tired the guy out. Money in the bank. And then the way that I think about it is the same sort of effect. But each time I train, each training session I do, that's money in the bank. I got more in that account because I've been, I've been added to it for a long, long time. And I, I, I like this growth mentality. So for me, that's very motivating. And that's one way that I like to picture it and like to see it. When I put in this work, my stock goes up. Yeah. And one thing, like, so one of the last things I want to ask you about, the time I see you in the gym, because uh, for anybody listening, I work out of the same gym that Steve trains at. So the time I see you in the gym, one thing I always notice about you is, again, just the love and the passion you bring to every single session. Like there never seems to be a day. I don't think I've ever walked in there and seen you looking anything less than at 100% and anything less than overjoyed to be there. With that many years and that much consistency and that much work, what do you think is the key to keeping that attitude that you do and how do you think younger athletes might be able to instill that in themselves too well i have um i have a couple answers for that love it i'll give you some i'll give the guys some some options the guys and girls some options um one is the fact that i myself have the ability to compartmentalize my own mind so when i'm in boxing training i put the rest I leave it at home or I leave it in the car because sometimes I get in road rage. <laughs> if some kind of thing like that happens, you have to be able to say, turn it off. It's actually very good practice. And, and then all of a sudden I'm boxing and that's all I'm doing. I'm only boxing. That's why the phones in the gym and like these distractions, like, okay, you want the music, but like, that you got to draw the line at some point, right? Because you have to be able to zone in and focus 100% on it. And that's going to be huge for the fight too, right? Like just being able to, you know, if you get into road rage or you're having a bad day and you've got to step into the ring and fight at the end of the night, like you can't, you can't be carrying that stuff in there with you. Oh, you have to be able to let stuff go. It's like an adaptive mind, a strong will. The ability to like just let stuff bounce off your roll with the punches, let it mess, let it mess. And then that's the ability to be versatile is so important in any sport, fighting especially because things are so random and there's always just crazy stuff that happens. But I mean, it's self-belief. It's all, it all boils down to self-belief. How much work do you do? How much have you committed to the sport? How consistent are you? How much do you want it? How bad do you want it? How much do you put into your training sessions and then what comes out is a measure of who wants it more who does all these things more because situationally right when you show up on fight time those two guys if this guy like that's a, if two guys are the exact same skill level the guy who wants it more he'll win you know and there's all like there's always I guess a lucky punch but like I've seen it so many times, countless times. I've seen two, two amateur guys, same skill level. They fight as hard as they can. Second round or first round, they're just throwing bombs. Second round, they're throwing much slower bombs. Third round, one guy's throwing bombs. But you know why? Because 
Well, I guess they both throw on it, but the one guy throw on a few more because he wants it more. He'll dig it out more. And then the way to practice that is to have intention in your training and think about these aspects of the game and think about wanting it, being digging down when I'm exhausted, but I'm going to go. And you can recreate that in the gym. You can recreate that running outside. You can recreate that in your mind, sitting on the couch, dreaming about it, visualizing it. And I think all of these aspects are so important for creating a successful athlete who is adaptable, who has a passion, and who has all these things wrapped up into one. Yeah, and so just what we were talking about before and like the, keeping, the, keeping that positive attitude and that passion that you've got through that many years and that much work, and you're saying being able to leave everything else out of the gym. The second you step into training, oh, yes. that's it, so, that's all. And then you said there were some other things there too. Yeah, okay, so one is I'm, I'm, I'm always pursuing, like before I would love boxing, and then if I'm furious at boxing, I will love physical training, which is directly related to boxing. So I would love yoga, weightlifting, and like sports performance lifts, and, you know, cycling or running or, or like all these different things that are kind of around the same thing. And then, so that almost tricked my mind into, you know, I'm still around and I'm still doing it. Like half the battle's just showing up. And then when you live in the gym, that's one big major factor. But when I wasn't living in the gym before that and all of my life, other than those couple months, I still showed up. I showed up every single day. And I, and I think that's, deciding factor is you can want it you can have the intention you have this but you have to show up that's rule number one that's what a coach always tells me and it's like, yeah you have to show up you gotta, you gotta do that and then the passion comes from within so i guess i just love it because i love it and every day i'm like i get to show up to boxing yeah i just fun it so that I'm excited to do all these things. I'm excited, you know, I'm excited for the fitness and the other stuff that I learned as well. I'm excited about the boxing aspect of it. I'm excited about breathing exercises that I do with boxing. I'm excited with new stretching that is, you know, perfect for the shoulders or the, like whatever it is. I, I find excitement in life with purpose. So if I have an intention, like I'm doing this, then, I, then I'm excited about it. And I think it's a matter of, attitude and then the beauty of attitude is you can change your own at the drop of a dime if you so choose so i like to bring a good attitude towards things because then good things come back if i bring a bad attitude towards stuff usually it goes pretty rocky so we like to bring the good attitude around because in my history that uh, I, i've seen it go both ways and i would prefer it this way so i keep a positive outlook every day when I train and then what happens is I get fueled by the positivity that comes back at me and it's a forever going cycle. It's like a flame, right? It's like, it's not going out when to give, what do they say? Give someone a, a flame that you light their candle with your candle, right? Right. So your flame is not going to go out from giving them some fire. And it's like fire grows together. So when you bring your fire to the gym, You'll spark other people's fire, and then what happens is it comes back to you. And then with this kind of mindset, bring this to training, 
you'll never have a bad day. You'll always feel good. You'll always feel like you have intention to win and you want to do this because you have good fellow, um, you know, fire around you. You got people with passion. You got people that you want to be around because sometimes they need to push you brought it to them or they just have it. And either way, attitude. Yeah, man, I could tell, I could say for sure there have been uh, quite a number of days walking into the gym where the first thing I see is you're you're smiling a big wave and it just kind of yeah it gets me gets me smart and ready to go for the day too. So I could say it's noticed and it's appreciated for sure. Hey, it goes both ways, man, because that's the one. You, you, I give you some flame and then you throw me some fire back, and now all of a sudden we're cooking. Absolutely, and uh, I think what you were saying there, I really like too, just about how. You know, if you're getting furious or frustrated with boxing at any point, there's all those other elements to it as well. Because I think that can play a part. If all you're doing is just, you've just got the gloves on and you're just hitting bags, then there there is going to hit that point where it's too much. But if you're hitting bags, but then you're sparring, but then you've got, you know, strength and conditioning work, and then you've got yoga, and then you've got breathing exercises, it's all focused around the same thing, but you're giving yourself enough variability that, it's always exciting because it's always maybe a little bit of something new instead of the same thing over and over and over again. Exactly. And you know what we always say, piece by piece, we build the beast. I knew we were going to get that in there. (laughs) (laughs) Which means all of these pieces together create a warrior who's certain of self and who's like, I do my strength and conditioning. I do my, stretching i do my visualization i do my breathe whatever it is you do all these things certain of self because you have so many great pieces to your machine and now all of a sudden you show up to the fight and you're like it's just embedded in you now because you've done the work you've created this and it's like you have doubts and stuff when you kind of slap but if you have this other mentality where you're proactively creating more and more and more and more and more, never take time off. I mean, I'll take time off working out, but my mind's always proactively seeking better. And it's, it is so simple. I'm just trying to improve. It doesn't mean that I have to stress myself and have a perfect vision of this and that. I just want to improve. And then what do you know? That's a mental thing that helps build my determination and my fire. And then I use that one. There's another piece. I love it, man. That's like, that's given that expression a whole new meaning to me today. Like just <laughs> not just looking at the sport itself, but looking at every little piece that goes into what you're bringing into fight night. I love that, man. That's a great, that's a great way to, that's a great way to look at it for any athlete out there. Yeah. And then think about how much you can bring to the table and like think about how much you can show up to battle with. And the more weapons you got, the more pieces you got, the more likely you're going to be able to take that, I love it, man. I think that's an awesome place to wrap up. Steve, thank you so much for coming on and doing this today. I really appreciate the time. Always appreciate your energy. It's great to see you, brother. Absolutely. You too. Thank you again for tuning in to another episode of the Elite Development Podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, I would greatly appreciate if you subscribed and left a review for the show. As well, I would love to hear what your biggest takeaways were from the episode. My contact info is linked below. Send me a message and let me know what you thought. As always, I'm your host, Kenny Dusseau. Thank you again, and see you next time.